welcome. This is Levi Brackman with Truth, Jewish Wisdom for Today. Thank you so much for joining here with a brand new season, season five of this podcast. And this season, as I promised at the end of last season, we're going to do something entirely different. We're going to talk about postmodernism, philosophy, and Judaism. But first, before we get into it, please, if you like this podcast, subscribe, like it, leave a comment wherever you listen to the podcast. This season promises to be the most controversial yet. I intend to hold no punches and to be forthright with you, my audience, about these issues and that which is happening today in the world around us. But before I begin, I want to talk a little bit about what has motivated me to talk about culture and to jump right into the culture wars, some might argue. It started with October 7th. That was a tragic day for the Jewish people, the day in which Hamas terrorists broke through the wall from Gaza to Israel and went on a rampage, on a murdering spree, on a rape spree, on a mutilation spree, and killed, maimed, murdered, raped, mutilated 1,200 Jews. And as is also well known, they took hundreds hostage into Gaza. And that set off a war that Israel is still fighting today to defeat Hamas and to get the hostages back and to change the whole security dynamic in Israel so that this kind of threat never happens again. But something else happened after October 7th, and that was that the condemnation that one would have expected from world bodies, from universities, from countries around the world against this kind of brutality on behalf of Hamas never came. Yes, there were some in the West who stood with Israel temporarily. As soon as it became inconvenient, they abandoned us. Look at these countries like England, Australia, France, most of the European countries totally have abandoned Israel at this point and do not believe that the Jews have the right to not just fight back, but to ensure their own long-term security. But something else much more shocking occurred, and that was that it seemed like a lot of people, specifically on the left, were very easy straight away to condemn Israel and to actually blame the victim here to blame Israel for the terrorist attack, the brutal and barbaric terrorist attack that was perpetrated on them by these Hamas terrorists. And the brutality and the barbarism was so great, it's even difficult to figure out what to call them. It was to a whole new level of barbarism that literally the world hasn't seen since the Second World War. But what occurred here was that you found otherwise rational, seemingly good people, peace-loving people who completely turned their backs on Israel, and not just turned their backs on Israel, but actually were apologists for Hamas. They were rationalizing why this occurred and why, in fact, this is what happens when you oppress people. Israel, in a sense, in their mind, had it coming. And this made me think deeply about where we are in the world today and how is it possible that so many in the West could defend and rationalize this type of act of terror. And what I found most interesting here, especially as someone with a Western mindset in many ways, is that 
we on the West seem to value democracy. At least we claim to value democracy. If you see how the people on the left who have been squealing about uh, what happened on January 6th with Donald Trump trying to steal the election. And we care, it seems, about democracy. We care about equality. We care about human rights. We care about the dignity of women. We care about the fact that people should treat each other with respect. These are things we seem to care about. We care about human life. But when all the women's organizations in the world weren't able to condemn Hamas for their barbarism towards women, and when many of the enlightened minds in academia across the world, in America and in Europe, unable to find it within themselves to condemn Hamas, and instead their knee-jerk reaction was to blame Israel, I felt that something had changed here. I felt that this is not Western values. Israel is a country which espouses Western values. And it seems like many in the West, especially the intelligentsia in the West, don't seem to align themselves with Israel. Rather, they align themselves with Hamas. And why is it that people in the West, specifically on the left, align themselves more with Hamas than with Israel, which espouses Western values? I decided that it was really important for me to look into this and to try and understand it with clarity. Because if we don't understand what's going on clearly, then it's very difficult to combat it. What was immediately clear to me was that there's something very wrong with the mindset and the ideology of these people who seem to align themselves with Hamas rather than with Israel. And on the outset, one could say, it really doesn't make sense because uh, you've got, for example, gay people, gay pride people from the LGBTQ community, which are supporting Hamas. Don't those people know that if they lived in Gaza, they would be killed for being gay? Or how is it that the LGBTQ community is aligned with Hamas? What about the feminists? All the feminist organizations which couldn't come out and condemn Hamas for raping and sexually abusing women in the most horrendous way. Don't they realize that women in Gaza and in these extremist Islamist societies, women don't have rights? How is it that they are more aligned with an Islamist organization such as Hamas, Islamist terror organization, which abuses and mutilates and rapes women than it is with Israel, where women are treated equally? It's one of the few countries in the world where women can be combat soldiers. So how is it that these people in the West are more aligned with Hamas than they are with Israel, which espouses these democratic, liberal values, whereas Hamas is as illiberal as you can get? How is it that they align with Hamas, which doesn't care about human rights, and rather than with Israel, which does care about human rights? How is that possible? Don't they realize that there are no human rights in Gaza? Don't they realize that they don't care about human life in Gaza? Don't they realize that there are no women's rights or no feminism or no LGBTQ rights in Gaza? So why are they aligning themselves with a government that is so illiberal? So one might think that a lot of these people are just ignorant, and that's why they are aligning themselves with Hamas rather than with Israel. But none of that is really the case, unfortunately. If it was just ignorance, 
then it would be much easier to solve this problem because we would just be able to educate people. And then, voila, the problem is solved. Unfortunately, it's not ignorance. This is intentional because there's an ideology which, whilst it might care about human rights, whilst it might care about feminism, whilst it might care about LGBTQ rights, it actually has values which transcend those. And for those values, they align much better with Hamas than they do with Israel. And not just with Israel, but with Western democracies in general. And this needs to be exposed. It needs to be discussed. And people need to understand where this comes from. I do believe there are a lot of people who don't understand where it comes from. And therefore, they're believing in something because society seems to be more or less believing in this nowadays. Because they're taught this in universities, and therefore they believe in it. Not understanding where it comes from, and how corrosive and how toxic it is. So I felt that it was important to actually spend a whole season of the podcast on this. And hopefully it will be 12 episodes. And let me tell you what I'm going to do in this season. First of all, we're going to lay out what it is. How did we get here? What were the different ideological, philosophical ideas that brought us here. And the second part I would like to discuss is how can we combat it? This isn't just going to be a right-wing discussion like you find. There are plenty of them out there on the internet who are there just bashing the liberals. I actually consider myself a liberal in many ways. Now, I'm not a liberal like the left-wing today consider themselves liberal, but I'm a liberal Democrat. That doesn't mean I'm a part of the Democratic Party. But I'm a liberal Democrat, meaning that I believe in liberal democracy. We very strongly believe in liberal democracy. I'm also a scientist. I've got a PhD in psychology, and a lot of my research was highly quantitative. I conducted scientific experiments, yes, on human subjects, which is psychology, but they were scientific experiments nonetheless. And I am a very strong believer, and not just a believer, but practitioner in science and what science can do for humanity. So... I'm also a rationalist, so I believe in rationality. I believe that logic and thinking and rational thought can be very powerful. So in that sense, I'm one who believes in science, rationality, in democracy, and liberalism. I believe that women should have equal rights to men. I'm outraged at the idea that my daughter should be told that she can't do something just because she's a woman. I'm also a person who believes that people should be able to, if they want to, love the way they want to love. It's a free country. We, we shouldn't be imposing our values on other people. I'm also a very strong believer in the idea that people should be allowed to vote and vote their conscience. People should be able to speak the way they want to speak. So I'm a believer in free speech. I don't believe that people should be canceled. Even if I don't like that speech, I'll fight for your right to speak that way. I believe in freedom of religion. I think that everyone should be allowed to choose whichever religion they want to practice. And that makes me an American, although I was born in England, I'm an American citizen and a believer in liberal democracy. But we are able to live our lives in the pursuit of happiness. And I also believe that everyone should be given equal opportunities. We should all have an opportunity to succeed and there should be a level playing field. If you work hard, you put in the time and effort, then there should be a meritocracy. We should allow everyone who works hard, works honestly, works with ingenuity, should have the opportunity to succeed. I don't think there should be some hierarchy 
where if you belong to this family or you belong to this society, then only then you should have opportunities to succeed. I believe that everyone should have opportunities to succeed. These are fundamental liberal values that make me a liberal Democrat, not a liberal Democrat, capital D, but someone who believes in liberal democracy. That isn't what liberals are today, though. And I think a lot of people don't realize that's not what liberals are today. And therefore, I think it's really important to have a deep dive discussion about this. What actually is going on in our body politic? What actually are the ideologies of people who today consider themselves to be liberal? Why do they have to stake out the positions they stake out? So I'm going to go a little bit deeper than what you might find in just the regular, you know, two, three minute or 30 second talking point, talking heads that you find on the internet. And I'm going to spend some more time on this. And I'm going to dig deeper to be able to understand what actually is going on and how this came about. But I'm also going to try and offer an alternative. So there's going to be a number of steps to what I'm trying to do here. First, I'm going to explain where we came from and how we got here and where are we and why it results in this very strange ideological positions that people take where they seem to be more in line with a barbaric terrorist organization like Hamas than with a liberal democracy like Israel. Then I'm going to try and suggest alternatives. Now, some of the knee-jerk reaction to this is that, oh, let's turn to something which is familiar. And some people immediately turn to religion or they'll turn to other type forms of ideologies like the Enlightenment, etc. Part of the reason why we're here today is because, in my opinion, is because we haven't been thoughtful enough about the reactions to some of the arguments against prior ideological positions that people took. So I'm going to try and be thoughtful here and try and come up and propose some ideas which might be a little bit new, but probably have a lot of the old in them as well, and propose an alternative way of thinking about things that I'm hoping will be helpful in navigating this mess that we're in today, where we have a lot of people in society have adopted positions that are not just toxic, but corrosive and could be very detrimental to the future of all of our democratic institutions and democratic way of lives. Now, I, I want to be clear that I don't think this is a right and a left thing, because when I look at the right, I find that the right have also adopted a lot of these positions. So you find on the right, for example, that they were throughout COVID, for example, very anti-science. It's interesting that you find that the left in some ways were pro-science and the right were anti-science during COVID. But what you find on the right is a very anti-rationalistic perspective as well. They also don't necessarily believe in the idea of knowledge gathering and the ability to then get to some kind of objective truth. They also are very much relativists. So I see this kind of relativism which exists, and we're going to get to in, in greater depth of what this relativism is and where it comes from. But I don't just see it as a right and a left thing. It rears its ugly head both on the right and on the left. It is pervasive in our culture. It just expresses itself in different ways on the right and on the left. One of the things I find really interesting when I look at our politics today is that you find people on the right, they want to tear down some of the institutions of democracy. They want to completely gut and get rid of 
the FBI. They want to get rid of the Department of Education. They would like to completely destroy the IRS, etc., etc. This is their ideas. Why do they want to do that? Well, because they say it's been so corrupted, but they're not looking to reform. They want to destroy. They don't really want to conserve that which went before. They want to completely renew. So in some ways, they say they want to change, move forward. And how do they want to change? They want to change by destroying. This is typically being a left position. That's what they call progress. Progress is the idea that we don't want to conserve that which was in the past. We want to get rid of it and get to the next model, the next best thing. This is a position now which the right have taken on. They're the progressives. Now, you might not agree towards what they're progressing, but they also see a brighter and better future for America in their view. So you find that the right are really progressives. They're not looking to conserve, which is what conservatism is really all about. The other thing you find is, as I mentioned, that they seem to be in many ways anti-science, which is anti-fact, which means that they say, don't confuse me with any kind of data. Don't confuse me with facts. You can say, show them all the data you want that the election wasn't stolen. They say fake news. In other words, you find on the left the same idea of relativism. Because I have my truth and I believe in my truth that Biden couldn't have been elected, therefore he wasn't elected. Don't confuse me with the evidence. The evidence doesn't matter. I feel that he wasn't elected. I feel that the election was stolen from Donald Trump. Therefore, it was stolen from Donald Trump. I feel there was no insurrection on January 6th. Therefore, there was no insurrection on January 6th. These are the positions of the people on the right. In other words, they're saying that all knowledge is relative. It's relative to how I feel about it. Fake news is the idea that there is no such thing as objective news and truth. It's whatever I want it to be. The fact that there were people who are reporting on it, and that is, they saw it, and now they're they're presenting their reporting. Yes, I'm not, no one's arguing that it's the absolute truth. But then to come out and say, therefore, all reporting and all journalism is wrong, and it's just as right as somebody else who comes up and has their opinion, that is a relativistic perspective. It says that all truth is relative to each other. And that's just simply not the case, I would say. But it is the position of people on the right, as it is the position on many people on the left. So, Really, my argument here is that this concept of relativism and what's going on in our society where people basically are saying, don't confuse me with the facts and that facts are all relative to what I want them to be, and which is a postmodern idea, and we're going to get into that, which is what drives us to some of the positions of where we are today, and we're going to, in time, connect these ideas together. What I'm saying is that these issues... They're not right or left. They're in our society. And they are destroying the fabric of our society. And as long as we are not able to find an alternative approach to our understanding of reality around us, we're all going to suffer. Because living in a world of relativism, where everything is of equal value, and there is nothing that we can point at and say, this has greater value than something else, leads us to a position where we can say that actually... Hamas is more righteous than Israel. It ends up in a situation where we don't have any real values. We're not anchored in anything because if everything is relative, then there isn't anything I should really truly value. 
besides for whatever I feel or think. And it would be a mistake, again, to say that this is a problem on the left and not a problem on the right. It's found on the right, it's found on the left, and it's found on the center. It's a plague of our times. So what I intend to do is to, is to talk about how we got here, how we ended up in this place, and then where we can go from here to fix it. And together with that, I'm then going to also analyze all of these ideas which come out of this from a Jewish perspective. So this is truth's Jewish wisdom for today, and therefore it is Jewish wisdom, and therefore I'm going to take a lot of this from a Jewish perspective, what I consider to be a Jewish perspective. So it's not going to be just philosophical concepts. It's not going to just going to be the philosophy of it, the history of ideas, or a commentary on where we are today. But rather, it's also going to offer solutions from specifically from a Judaic perspective. The other thing which I intend to do is I intend to invite certain people onto the podcast to have them share their ideas with us. I'm going to try and unpack where we are today from a uniquely Judaic perspective and try and offer a vision for a way forward that takes us out of the toxic postmodern philosophy that has gripped this country and the world. Another thing that motivates me to do this is that when I look around and I ask myself, who is really talking about this in a rational way? Who's talking about this not from a party political perspective, but from an ideological, philosophical, and thoughtful perspective? And I don't hear those voices. Because I have a podcast, because I have the ability to speak, and I'm truly interested in these ideas, I felt that as the ethics of the Father says, in a place where there is no man, you need to be a man. And what that means is when there's no one else doing it, one ought to stand up and do it. So I felt that it was my obligation to try and do something for society. I've looked around and I see that in many ways the world is burning around us. And I feel that the forces of evil, and I'm going to, I'm going to use that word, the forces of evil have the ability to infiltrate and have infiltrated into the forces of good. And they're co-opting those forces of good and bringing them onto their side to do more evil. You have universities and academics and thought leaders in this country who are doing exactly that. They don't realize that they've been co-opted, and now they're on the side of Hamas, they're on the side of evil. This is reminiscent of what the Kabbalists talk about, of this idea of you can have a drawing out or a sucking of the outsiders coming in and drawing from the goodness which is inside. And this is what we're seeing here. We're seeing an infiltration of evil into the good and then co-opting the good. So as they say that for evil to survive, all you really need is that good people don't stand up. And so good people need to stand up and need to combat these ideas. And that is part of what I'm trying to do with season five of my podcast, combat these ideas. Let me just tell you to the degree to which I think these ideas have infiltrated. And this, what I'm bound to say, might be very controversial, but it ought not to be. There's a synagogue that I used to go to, and it's in the past. It's a used to go to, and I'll explain why. In this synagogue, and it's a traditional synagogue, you have LGBTQ people who are now running the synagogue. Now you might say, am I against LGBTQ people? Absolutely not. I know that people on the left and the people who have the ideology which I'm going to try to combat in this podcast will say that I am. I'm prejudiced against them. And they'll say that I'm so prejudiced that I can't not be prejudiced against them. 
And the answer is, I'm not prejudiced against them, not at all. But in our society, I believe there are certain things that people qualify for and people don't qualify for. Not everyone qualifies to get into medical school. Not everyone qualifies to get that loan. Not everyone qualifies to get into the top university they want to get into. Not everyone qualifies for that car they want to get. Not everyone qualifies for a job that they want. You don't just get it because you want it. You have to qualify for it. And that's the way things have been. And synagogues have certain values to them. Agree with them or disagree with them. Those are the values that synagogues have. And one of the values, which is found in the Bible itself, is twofold. Number one is that a man shouldn't wear the garments of a woman. That's number one. That's a value. Another one is that the homosexual act is considered to be an abomination. Now, these are those values. I'm not saying I agree or disagree with those values, but those are the values which are found in the Bible. And therefore, they are values which are found also in Judaism. You go to a synagogue which represents Judaism, you expect those values to be represented. Now, the fact that because you have an ideology today, which I'm going to try and combat, which tries to celebrate people who contravene those values doesn't mean that one should just go along with that. It means that one should start questioning that ideology properly. And that's difficult to combat the zeitgeist. It's difficult to stand up and be counted and say, I don't agree with what it seems to be the vast majority of the world today, the Western world seems to agree with. That's challenging to do. But just because it's challenging to do, that doesn't mean one shouldn't do it. These ideas, this ideology is, in my opinion, corrosive and toxic, and it's made its way into every element of society. And here's the thing, that we Jews, since October 7th, have borne the brunt of this ideology. In the end of the day, this ideology is coming after us Jews, as all these ideologies usually do. And I know it's not going to be popular for me to be confronting it and to be combating it, but it's necessary. And that's what I tend to do with this season five of the podcast, Truths, Jewish Wisdom for Today. Now, just one word about the idea of truths and how that fits in. Because truths, Jewish wisdom for today, well, might make you think the podcast is telling us that all truths are relative to each other. Now, that's not what this podcast is saying. This podcast is saying that religion comes to tell us truths rather than the truth. Now, I also am of the opinion that the truth is something that is impossible for us humans to ascertain. And the Bible says that too. But there's a big difference between saying that we can't access the truth as humans and that everything is relative. There's a big difference between those two things. And I'm going to expound upon that also in this season of the podcast. So just because it's called Truths, Jewish Wisdom for Today, that doesn't mean that this podcast has the opinion that all truths are relative. Just thought it's important that I mention that. Thank you so much for joining. I'm really excited about this season of the podcast, and I hope that you will join me along the journey of looking at these ideas and trying to come up with a better approach and better ideas that will be much more helpful for society. But meanwhile, this has been Navy Brackman with Truths, Jewish Wisdom for Today, and until next time.